We'll turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. Turn there. 2 Peter chapter 1. And let's stand for God's word. 2 Peter chapter 1. And let's look at verse 12. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. And let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for the beautiful day you've given to us, Lord. Each day is a precious gift from you. And Lord, we pray this morning that your word would speak to our hearts. Lord, I only want to be a blessing. I only want to be the man who speaks uh, through your word, through your spirit. May it be the Holy Spirit to convict hearts, to change our lives, that we may be more like you. Father, we love you and thank you. We pray these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Let's look at that scripture verse again together. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 12. Wherefore, I want to see if we can kind of get the repetitious word here. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. What was the big idea of Peter writing his second epistle? What was he trying to relate to the church scattered through Asia Minor? Let's take a little deeper look. Second Peter 1, 14. Same chapter, look at verse 14. Knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. Always in remembrance. Peter. What's the object for him writing this book? Let's take an even deeper look. Second Peter chapter 3. Turn there. And after we read this, we'll kind of get a better idea of, oh, okay, Peter, now, we're, now we know what you're getting at. Second Peter 3.1. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir, you up, I stir up your pure minds by way of, what's the next word, church? Remembrance. Boy. What's the clear objective of Peter here? He wants you to remember. He wants you to remember. Even Jude. Turn to Jude. Jude chapter 1. Because there's only one chapter in Jude. Jude chapter 1. Look at verse 5. Jude chapter 1 verse 5. So Jude had the same objective. Jude 1 5. I will therefore put you in, what's the next word? Remembrance. Though you once knew this. How that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. So, today, I want us to reflect on a simple truth that I will bring to you this morning. This truth will help us along in our Christian life and will drive us to live a more joyful Christian life. Remembrance. I was reading Peter, and I love the epistles. I especially love the book of 1 John. Back after graduating college, I was able to translate uh, from the Greek New Testament into uh, English with the Texas Receptus. And just translating the book of 1 John 
was a beautiful, poetic thing to do. Uh, and this was part of my classes and a requirement for me. And so the epistles, First John all the way up to even Jude, these epistles are beautiful. These epistles are, are, are excellent, the way these writers wrote it. And so as I was reading Second Peter, this word kept coming back to me. Remembrance, remembering, remembering. This past Friday, I performed my first funeral for Mia McSwain. She passed away, and she was saved. She knew the Lord, so she's in heaven now. And so we were remembering the life of Mia McSwain. Everyone in that room, those that attended, we were remembering her life. We were remembering. And so this idea of remembering, I would say that this is something we need to do on a daily basis. Because the world, the flesh, and the devil will try to throw us off course. He will do his utmost best to deter us from staying the course in the Christian life. When we choose to forget the goodness and mercy of God, we are choosing a life of ungratefulness and sorrow. So I've entitled my message this morning, The Right Kind of Remembering. The Right Kind of Remembering. Now this slide here that you're seeing. Joe did that. (laughs) Joe did that. Very beautiful. But the right kind of remembering. We need this on a daily basis. We need to have the right kind of remembering. So what, why should we remember? Well, why did Peter write this epistle? If you read it, he's reminding them, folks, I told you this. Folks, Paul t- taught you these things. Folks, you need to remember this. Why should we think and ponder? What is its importance? What will be this exercise remember, of remembering do for us? Before we answer those questions, let's look into Scripture and see some examples of remembering. For the idea of remembering is all throughout Scripture. You will find remembrance from Genesis all the way to Revelation. You'll find it. Let's first look at remembering in a negative light. Turn to Numbers chapter 11. We're going to look at some Scriptures. We're going to see some examples. We're going to see how it's used, how it's uh, uh, given in Scripture. We're going to look at remembering. Because I think it's important to remember. Because when you don't remember, you'll start falling by the wayside. You'll start doing things that are not right. It's important to remember. And you'll see exactly why remembering is so important. So Numbers chapter 11, we're going to look at remembering in a negative light. Numbers 11 verse 4. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a-lusting, And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? When I pause, you say the next word, church. We remember the fish, which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now our soul is dried away and there is nothing at all beside this manna before our eyes. We know the children of Israel were complaining. They were a complaining bunch These people remembered the leeks, the garlics, the onions. They had remembering, but they had remembering in a negative light. They remembered the the good that they had back in the land. When God was so graciously, providentially leading them to the promised land. But they remembered. They remembered the evil. We know the story of the children of Israel complaining, murmuring through the camp. They were a big complaining group of people. And so that's precisely what not remembering rightly will do. They remembered unto evil. Let's now look at what God did 
to this group of people. Look at Numbers 11.8. Verse 8, right in the same chapter. And the people went about and gathered it, gathered it and ground it in mills or beat it in a motor and baked it in pans and made cakes of it. And the taste it was as the taste of fresh oil. And when the dew fell upon the camp in the night, the manna fell upon it. Then Moses heard the people weep throughout their families, every man in, his, in the door and in his tent. And the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Mo- Moses also was displeased. God is going to send their judgment. And you'll find throughout the book of Numbers, Israel complains, God's anger waxes hot, God sends his judgment, and it just kind of repeats because Israel was just so fed up. So this is what happens when we remember, God, you're bringing me through this trial. You're bringing me through this hardship. You're bringing me through this uh, uh, time in my life where I don't want to be. I remember when you were good to me. I remember when this happened to me and you were there for me. I don't know. Now it's affecting the way I look at you, God. So let not that be named among you, Christian, where you look now at God's goodness back then. And now in your present trial, he's not, provi- he's not uh, uh, giving you the desire that you want presently. Remember. Remember. We're going to look at remembering in a positive light, but let's continue looking at remembering in a negative light. Because when we see what remembering in a negative light does, we'll look back and say, oh, I shouldn't be doing that. I shouldn't be remembering in this the way the children of Israel were looking. Look at, looking. This morning, if I can help you carry this thought of remembering, it will be with you and carry you throughout the day. For it is the right kind of remembering that will draw you to prayer. It is the right kind of remembering that will draw you to scripture reading for comfort and for encouragement. Let's look at another example of remembering in a negative light. Turn to Luke, please. Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. Because I want to remember. I want to remember in the positive light. I want to remember and say, God, you did this for me. God, you provided this for me. You done this for me. God, I remember when I was in prayer with you here. God, I remember when uh, uh, this brother or sister comforted me. God, I remember those good times. God, I'm going to continue to remember. But that's for further in the message. I won't get into that. Luke chapter 16, verse 19. We'll start there. Remembering in a negative light. There was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked the sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he left up his eyes, being in torments and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Again, where I pause, fill in the gap, church. But Abraham's son... Remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there's a great goal fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. These are sobering words. Listen to them. Abraham said unto him, 
They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Remember, rich man, you had Lazarus at your gate. Lazarus needed help. Lazarus needed your assistance. Lazarus needed you. But yet, remember in your lifetime, you had the blessings of food, comfort, security, prosperity, rich man. But now Lazarus is comforted, and now you're in torment. Verse 25, look at that again. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things. You had all the blessings of the world, but now you're in hell. What a sad thought. This kind of remembering, this is the very sobering thought because the rich man remembered the good that he had in in his light. And knowing that he wasted his life away, he wasted his time on earth. And could you imagine, as he is in hell, he has to remember how he could have helped Lazarus but didn't. And as a side note, this also shows me that people in hell, their memory is alive and well. They will remember. They are going to remember when you gave them a gospel track. They are going to remember when you spoke unto them the word of God. They are going to remember when you tried encouraging them and when you tried praying for them and when you tried pleading for them and when you tried getting them to church. They're going to remember. They are going to remember. And so when you look at your family member in the face, when you look into your neighbors in the face, when you look in your coworkers in the face and you plead with them and you cry and you beg and you pray and you say, come to Jesus Christ, they're going to remember you. They're going to remember me. So what kind of remembering will you have this morning? We see remembering in a negative light. I want us to go into remembering in a positive light because we need the right kind of remembering. Luke 15, please. Turn there. Luke 15. Luke chapter 15, looking at verse 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that followed to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would have fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Now, the word remember is not here, but the idea is here. And when he came to himself. You know what you need to do in order to come to grips with yourself? You need to remember. you got to remember. When he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And I am no more worthy to be called thy son and make me as one of thy hired servants. And when he arose and came to his father, he was yet a great way off. And his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Could you imagine the rejoicing? This is exactly what God does to us when we go from backsliding or sinner and we return to the keeper of our soul, the Lord. So God welcomes us back. And in a way, if we can imagine, as we continue reading this story, this is how God feels. This is how God is toward us. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Verse 22. But the father said said to his servant, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, 
Put on a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring her to the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. I was teaching this morning in my Sunday school class to the teen boys. And I was telling them, you're going to graduate. You're going to go on to the next class. You're going to go off to college. Don't you forget that people here in this church have invested in you. And I was naming off names. This person, that person, this person. Don't forget the investment that these people made in your lives. You know what you need to do? You need to remember. You need to remember. Who is it in your life that has invested so much into you that if you were to go off somewhere, you would have someone to remember? I remember a brother so-and-so. I remember sister so-and-so. I remember this uh, man, this woman. Remember. Remember. You're going to have to, you got to remember. When I'm out of this church, when I'm gone, I need to remember. I need to remember. When you're gone, when you're out of this church, you need to remember. If something were to happen to you and to drive you away, you're, you need to remember. Remember the pastor who has spoken unto you the word of God. Remember. Remember. And so, with the teen boys, when they're gone, think about it. You've been taught the scriptures in and out. As a child, as the scripture says, thou hast known the the scriptures. And so, don't forget the investment and the, the preaching and the teaching that has been so deep embedded into your soul that when you do leave and you no longer have a Pastor Lejeune or a Pastor Dave or a Pastor Mike, that you forget that you forget. The children of Israel, they remember the evil. Let's not be like them. So, in this parable, the prodigal son, this truth is so amazing, knowing that when we recall the right kind of thoughts, or in other words, the right kind of remembering, it jolts us alive to reality and to what God wants for us. It's amazing to know that at any moment's notice, we can return to God as the prodigal son and find love and joy, and peace, and forgiveness. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed on us, that we should be called the sons of God. You are a son and a daughter of the highest God. And God loves you. And when you're in sin, and when you're downtrodden, and when you're backsliding, guess who immediately is there that we may boldly enter the throne of grace? Jesus Christ. He is there to take us back. He is there to take us back. Man can't do that for you. I can't do that for you. The pastor can't do that for you. Guess who can do that for you? The Lord Jesus Christ. Come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may find help in time of need. God will give you that comfort. You need it, God will give it to you. You need joy, God promises to give us joy. His word promises. His word promises to provide for our need. If you have a need for joy... Open up the book. If you need comfort, open up the book. If you need joy, open up the book. Let's look at another portion of Scripture that talks about remembering in a positive light. Look at King David in Psalm 77. Please turn there. And so when it comes to revival, when it comes to remembering, David has a beautiful picture here of revival. Psalm 77, we'll go there. And as I was reading this verse, 
boy, this verse jolted me. This verse stirred me up. And I'll show you why. Look at verse 2. Psalm 77, verse 2. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night, and I ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I, what's the next word? Remembered God and was troubled. I complained, and my spirit was overwhelmed. Selah. So we see remembering here. He remembers the Lord. He was troubled. Thou holdest mine eyes waking. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance, my song in the night. I commune with mine own heart, and my spirit made diligent search. Will the Lord cast us off forever, and will he be favorable no more? Is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promise fail forevermore? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in his anger shut up his tender mercies? Selah. Now, church, this is the verse that I was like, wow, this is great. And I said, this is my infirmity, but I will, what's the next word? Remember. I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will, what's the next word? Remember. I will remember. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will, what's the next word? Are you getting the idea this morning? Are you getting it? Is it sticking in? I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of all thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? The answer to that, nobody. Isn't this beautiful? Isn't this beautiful? David purposely said, but I will remember the years of the Most High. I will remember. As a personal story, at Bible college, I think I've shared this story often, but some of you may not remember. (laughs) Why are you laughing? (laughs) As I was in college, I had a I worked a 12-hour shift from 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. while I was going full-time to college. And I had a vehicle to take care of, and I had school bills to pay. (coughs) And so I I remember thinking how this vehicle, this beat-up vehicle, I need to get me halfway across the island. This is in Long Island. Halfway across the island to get me to work at 5 p.m. and be there all the way at 5 a.m. And if I were to break down, and if the car were to malfunction... Which it did have a malfunction, which was this. If you know how uh, antifreeze works, and if you know how a thermostat works in the car, I needed to keep driving in order for it to cool the car down. So my thermostat was broke. In order for not to, for for the vehicle to overheat, I needed to go forward and not idle. Because if I idled the car, the vehicle would overheat. So I needed to keep going so that air would go into the to the uh, radiator. And cool down the car. So I have this beat-up car. I have a huge school bill. And I'm a zombie at school. I don't, don't ever do a third shift. It's, it's, it's terrible. From 5 p.m. to 5 a.m., as I walk through the door, there are zombies all around me. I'm telling you. They had a vending machine dedicated to monsters. They had a vending machine dedicated to Red Bull. All those unhealthy drinks. 
and a coffee machine right next to it. Too, so. uh, and I'm thinking to myself, Lord, if you want me to keep going for you, you've got to help me. You've got to be there with me. You've got to provide for me. And I remember God providing for me there in college. And I can remember God paying my school bill. And I can remember God getting me through college. And I can remember God giving me a wife. And I can remember God bringing me to this church. And I can remember God allowing me to be ordained. And I can remember God allowing me to perform a funeral. And I can remember God allowing me to preach on a Sunday morning. So I remember all of the goodness of God all the way through because I've exercised my remembering. I've exercised the right kind of remembering. The right kind of remembering. Church, I have to read this verse again. Please look at Psalm 77, verse 10. Let it just shock you awake. And I said, this is my infirmity, but I will remember. I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. God, I remember that you provided. Guess what? You're going to continue to do so. This is something that he did on purpose. Not by accident, not by happenstance, but an act of the will on purpose. So this is a mindset. Take the mindset. Because I know once we leave this building, we're going to go back to our normal duties. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to forget. We're not going to remember. But I'm telling you, go home. Remember. Remember. And I'm not saying remember the message. I'm saying remember how good God has been to you. I'm saying think about it. Think about it. I would submit to you that if we could all have this right kind of remembering, we would have a better outlook on our Christian life. Guaranteed. No doubt about it. One thing I really love, someone, they say it often, um, very close to me, he says this, remember who you are. Remember who you are. What is he meaning by that? Remember your position. Remember who you are in Christ. For I am bought with a price. I no longer belong to myself. I must serve the will of my master. What will the right kind of remembering do? It will remind us of who we are in Christ. It will reveal to you how God saved your soul. It will remind you to be thankful. It will help you to remain humble. Lastly, it will rekindle your love for God. It will rekindle your love for God. Remember. Remember. Remember how God saved your soul. Remember who you were before Christ saved you. My life before Christ was just, I knew where I was going. You can relate, I'm sure. Some of you, I don't know, and I'm just throwing this out there like a, like a bunch of seed. Alcoholics, drug addicts, in sin, angry person consistently. Um, every other word in your language uh, was profanity. You remember. And so when you forget what God has brought you from, you're not going to propel forward to what God wants you to be, to what God has for you, because you forget how good God has been. Be like David where you purposely remember. So, I guess I'll be ending early then. (laughs) (laughs) So, how exactly do we practice Remembering rightly. How exactly do we do this? Let's go to Philippians, please. Philippians chapter 4. So, I gave you what it is, uh, uh, the idea, the thought of remembering. 
I gave you that idea. I gave you that scope. I gave you remembering in a negative light, remembering the children of Israel. I gave you remembering in a positive light what happens with the prodigal son. Now I'd like to give you the practical aspect, aspect of the message of what now do I do from here? Okay, I hear a good message. Okay, I understand the outline and the points and all that. But now how can I go home and apply this to my life? And that's what I like to do for every message. Because if you leave here and you don't do it, or if I don't give you a way to do it, guess where this message goes? In one ear, out the other. So I want you to remember this. How exactly do we practice remembering rightly? Philippians 4.8. And so number one, I'd like to point out, it begins by thinking. Thank you, Joe. It begins by thinking. It begins by using that noggin. It begins by using that brain. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. So, it starts by thinking. It starts by thinking. We all think. We all have good thoughts. We all have bad thoughts. We all have neutral thoughts. We all have all thoughts. We think. What I'm talking about when I write down, it begins by thinking. This is something you must do on purpose. If you read that psalm again, David remembers some things. But then afterwards, he purposed to remember the years of the Most High. He stopped, paused, and he thought. I was sitting in college one day, me and my friend. And he and I, we were just thinking negatively. Now, not anything sinful, um, though complaining (coughs) is sin. Uh, we were just talking about how our school bill is high. We were talking about how uh, uh, the staff is so strict or whatever. We were talking about a whole bunch of things, but in a negative light. We were thinking so negatively. We were just uh, in our dorm room just lying, laying down. And so, <clears throat> let me be clear, he was lying down on his bed and I was lying down on my bed. Uh, <laughs> and all of a sudden, I said to him, yeah, but I thank God we have a roof over our head. And I thank God that we have food to eat. And I thank God that we have clothes to wear. And it kept going. He and I back and forth, on and on and on. And you know what? All of those high school bills, all of the uh, uh, problems that arose in our life, they all vanished away. It's because we started thinking. And that's precisely what you need to do. You need to stop. You need to think, you need to use the brain, and start thinking on those that are good, true, honest. Think of anything that's on praise. I thank God that I'm able to do this. I know if we were to stop the service now and go from this side to that side, from person to person, we, and we started just naming things that we're thankful for, we would leave here a different group of people. Guaranteed. Oh, yeah, um, the, the piano's out of tune. Uh, the, the, uh, the building's breaking down. Yeah, but it's warm. But you have a vehicle. But we have a church pianist. But we have water to drink. And, but we have a, a person to work the sound booth. We have a, a person to speak unto to, to us the word of God. We have brothers and sisters who love us. We're able to sit in a comfy pew. We're able to walk. We're able to not live in pain 
Oh, some of us live in pain, but we're, we're, not, uh, we're not dying, I should say. We're not here dying. Can't you see that when you stop and pause and you think, you have the right kind of remembering. Remember how good God has been to you. Chapter 2, Philippians. Same book, different chapter. Chapter 2, look at verse 5. Verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Thinking. Thinking like Christ. Thinking like him. Practice that. Do that. Do you want the right kind of remembering? Stop where you are. Think. You know what? I don't have it as bad. I don't have it as bad. Don't turn to these verses. I'll read them for you. Um, Sorry. When I think of thinking, I think of thankfulness. Thinking leads to thankfulness. Thinking leads to thankfulness. So, it begins by thinking. Stop, pause, think. How good God has been to you. Right after that, it's ignited by thankfulness. So, that flame, that that fire that comes about for your uh, remembering to propel forward, for your remembering to flourish... Uh, it's ignited by thankfulness. First Thessalonians, turn there, 5.18. And then the last verse I'll read for each of you. So First Thessalonians 5.18, very simple thought. The right kind of remembering. This is how I put this into action. I stop and I think. Having the mind of Christ and thinking on these things. First Thessalonians 5.18, and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I'm telling you folks, look at me in the eye. You want to be thankful? Be thankful. Be thankful. Start thanking God. I guarantee you, your perspective will change. Just like I was thinking negatively that day in my uh, dorm room with Darcy St. Fleur, by the way. Um, I was thankful. Once our perspective changed, thankful, thankful, thank you, God. And we have much to be thankful for. The reason why we don't thank God is because we're so inundated by our problems. Don't let that be. Colossians 3.17, you don't need to turn there. And whatsoever ye do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. And so our last point, it will last It will last by your continued walk with God. Please turn there. Psalm 116, verse 9. Psalm 116, verse 9. It will last by your continued walk with God. So having the right kind of remembering, I need to pause and think. I need to be thankful. That's precisely what David, in all the book of Psalms, that's his emphasis is being thankful, thanking the Lord. Psalm 116, verse 9. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I will walk in the, uh, before the Lord in the land of the living. So, I'd like to end today's message by reading a portion of scripture we looked at earlier. So, are you in the book of Psalms? Turn to Psalm 77 there again. Turn there and then we'll be done. The right kind of remembering. This is what I want. 
This will propel my Christian life to go forward. This will help me to be thankful. This will help me to be humble. This will help me to uh, uh, walk with God in the land of the living by remembering, the right kind of remembering. Psalm 77. And so I love this. I love this because you get the sense earlier in the chapter that David is going through a trial. He's going through something. Those preceding verses. Verse 10. And I said, this is my infirmity, but I will remember. I will remember. Now, my question to you this morning, will you remember? But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. I will remember. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of thy, all thy work and all thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God is our God? Who is so great a God is our God? Now, I'm going to go to an earlier uh, scripture passage that we looked at, and you do not need to turn there, but I want to end. So what was the point of Peter's message in the book of Second Peter? What was his point? I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance. I think it me as long as I'm in the tabernacle by putting you in a remembrance. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. And guess what I've been doing for the past 30 minutes or so? Helping you to remember. Helping you to remember. We need the right kind of remembering. This is the key to pressing forward in the Christian life. This will propel you in having a greater service to the Lord Jesus Christ. And folks, I pray that today's message was a blessing to you. Um, and let's go out and do uh, the right kind of remembering. The right kind of remembering. Let's bow our head and close our eyes. We'll have an invitation. Um, let's pray. Lord, just thank you so much for your blessing. Thank you so much for this idea of remembering. David said in Psalm 77.10, And I said, this is my infirmity, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. Lord, thank you so much that we do have your word that we do have prayer to help us, to aid us, to guide us along on our journey. But help us to remember, Lord. Help us to remember. We love you and thank you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. With your head bowed and eye closed, let's all stand.